all of these kind of things that were developed at a higher end trickled down and that's when it kind of all crosses over. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you join us again this week. On today's show, we have Anthony Venere, co-founder Fit Insider, a media platform covering the future of fitness and wellness with an associated investment fund. Anthony and his brother Joe originally started Fit Insider as a side project to their own fitness tech startup, Fit, which is a website and mobile app that connects people with localized health and fitness experiences. In addition to his leadership at Fit Insider, Anthony is currently an advisor for Courtside Ventures, and he's had a varied career across fitness and sports with roles in strength and conditioning coaching, gym ownership, and four years of service in the United States Marine Corps. Today, we're unpacking the explosive growth in tech across health, wellness, and fitness, looking at if the industry has peaked or not, and where the next major growth areas are coming from. Obviously, a great time to be talking about this topic, especially with Whoop's latest raising, putting them valued at $3.6 billion. So we referenced that a few times in the interview, if you're wondering about what that is. And if you also want to listen to the founder of Whoop, Will Ahmed, he was on the podcast previously, you can go to sportstechworldseries.com forward slash podcast and you'll find all of our episodes there or check on your favorite podcasting platform, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this now. That's all from me for now. I'll I'll be back at the interview with some final thoughts, but here's Anthony. Anthony Veneri, co-founder of Fit Insider. Welcome to SportsTech Feed. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk all about uh, health, fitness, wellness, all those kind of those words that, that float around in different, um, different orders, different connections, but really is, is that uh, exploding area um, adjacent to sports technology um, that really in the last 18 months especially has just seen an absolute boom. Um, something that's been a long time coming, but something that has really just kind of had a rocket put under it um, uh, with COVID. So. Before we get into that, can you just give us a bit of an overview of Fit Insider, uh, how it's evolved into the business it is today and, and where you specialize and focus on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fit Insider today is a newsletter podcast. Uh, we angel invest out of that and we are you know, actually just kicking off uh, the process of launching a fund under Insider as well. And uh, you know, it came to be, it was my brother and I have been involved in health and fitness for the past 10 years, owning our own gyms, being strength coaches, having our own equipment brand, training people online, pretty much we kind of set on this 10,000 hour journey of do everything you could possibly do in health, and wellness and fitness. And that led us to, you know, fit insider started as like a side project. It was, there's nobody talking about the fitness and wellness industry. There's mm-hmm. newsletters and, and groups talking about DTC and consumer and, and longevity and, and healthcare. And like, why isn't fitness and wellness and health a focus? So we started writing a newsletter, went up to five friends. Uh, and then we kicked off a podcast and then from there, it was just a kind of a crazy whirlwind of, you know, five, 50, a thousand, 10,000, 20,000, now we're up to 30 plus thousand people that read it every week. And um, it's just been awesome to see the tension. And then, you know, us investing really came naturally. We met so many companies we wanted to work with and we weren't investors or not, you know, traditionally we're founders, we're operators. Mm. We were like, oh, we'll be advisors, we'll be consultants, we'll help. And then as the number grew and grew, it was how else can we support them? And we started building resources around health and fitness and lists of where to find investment and, and putting, you know, we put our best ideas on the internet every single week. So that led to us saying, what else is, is needed? Uh, and COVID is just accelerated health and fitness and wellness and the attention of it from what we like to say is, you know, six, eight months or six, eight years down to six, eight months. So 
you know, we also realized that funding was really lacking in the space. So we're hoping to kind of answer that as well. Yeah. And, and how do you define that area? This is something that we always um, talk about with guests when we have them on the show about this area. I mean, talking with um, co-founder of, sorry, the founder of Will Ahmed about this exact thing when you talk about um, fitness, health, wellness, sports, and then you know, more into med tech, like everyone seems to have their own kind of definition. Everyone understands that if you do a Venn diagram, they're all overlapping. There is there is the kind of areas that go there. How do you basically make sense of this industry um, and focus on what your core is and not get distracted or, or stretch too thin? Yeah, you know, from a content and coverage and just kind of research side, we like to dig into everything and anything. You know, the newsletter just went out today uh, was about longevity. Uh, so we've covered health, consumer healthcare, uh, anything that kind of touches the landscape. But from us on the investing side, it's really, we have three pillars. The first one is high performance lifestyle. Whoop fits very well into that. Um, and under high performance lifestyle, we have the pillars of human optimization, health optimization, kind of coaching, mental wellness, sleep and recovery. Uh, another kind of sector that we have on there is what we call unbundling the gym. It's kind of a, each of these have been pillar pieces that we've written and yeah. that's really informed how we're looking at this, but unbundling the gym started as, you know, it was actually a diagram of a gym and pointing out all of the companies that have started in the past couple of years to attack a certain sector of that gym. But now that's even scaled into act, active lifestyle and outdoor recreation, the outdoor economy. And, um, we call it social fitness, people meeting and, and engaging outside of the gym. And it really stems from this hub and spoke model of previously the gym was the center of the, the fitness universe. And now it's the consumer and they can kind of pick and choose what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, and then the last piece is what we call personalized well-being. That's like the, you know, personalized nutrition, habit change and kind of health access, the consumerized version of healthcare and, and health in terms of giving the power to the consumer to be informed about what's happening to them and then make decisions from there. Yeah. And obviously that those areas are not mutually exclusive. That's something that I was trying to point out is collectively exhaustive as in you cover whatever in that market, you cover everything when you're trying mm -hmm. to clarify things, but not mutually exclusive because I mean, high performance lifestyle, you can look at that as unbundling gym with uh, loop acquiring push this week, for instance, yep. after that, you know, there, there are ways. And I think sometimes people tie themselves knots by just trying to go, everything has to neatly fit in a box um, when it doesn't, that's part of the, the opportunity within sports, well, sorry, sports, health, fitness, wellness, yeah. the, the digitization is you don't have to be put in a box like that. It can cross technology can cross uh, across over the physical and the digital experiences can cross over. That's the whole point. It's just freeing it, um, from traditional concepts. Yeah. And that's where we actually were talking about. This as we call trickle down health. It's, you know, all of those things started maybe in a performance area or just specific to athletes, but as the athletes adopt them and the celebrities adopt them and people invest and grow, it's all going to trickle down. I don't think, you know, maybe we'll imagine this, but you think back to when you first started, Oop, it was to get athletes and performance and really good data for them. And now the average person is buying them. And Joe mm -hmm. Rogan has them on his podcast because it's him and his buddies trying to stay healthy. So all of these kind of things that were developed at a higher end, trickle down and that's when it kind of all crosses over but yeah you know we like to separate the categories but most things fit into one you know two three buckets if not more yeah yeah and i mean to your point around technology gps is the one that i always is use around um human performance tracking with gps 
uh, it was military, then it was elite, um, elite athletes. And, and now it's one of those things that it's just, you can put it in basically anything. Um, and big tech's getting involved in that. And it's, it's now almost a, an old hat technology in a lot of ways when you have computer vision and, and like what's coming down the pipeline in the next respect. So yeah, definitely. And talking about that, um, as you said, the, 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 I guess, condensing of timescales in terms of development caused by COVID. Um, so was it six months is, you know, six years or whatever we've kind of COVID's uh, done to the industry dog years, basically. Um, yeah. In terms of how it's it's just changed timescales for technology development, but most importantly, adoption. Um, does that mean that we've we've peaked with with say connected fitness at home fitness in the sense of we're seeing all these solutions around uh, a tonal or a hydro row or a you know insert um, replication of the gym experience in home? Has that has that reached its valuations that? are not going to be seen since then and then other areas are going to grow or is it is there still runway yeah um, joe and i always like to say that this is like the first inning of a super long game i think it's still super early there are a lot of things that are overvalued or in our opinion unnecessary trying to put digital and, and kind of products and friction between the consumer being healthy and you know interacting with certain things there's a, they're trying their businesses are trying to make money so some of them if you look are a little bit overvalued or unnecessary but overall it's still the beginning the fitness and wellness has always been huge but that a lot of that was held in gyms if you think franchises la fitness you know anytime fitness these are massive massive companies that have existed for a long time how much money goes through the ymca every year they've been around for 100 years all of that stuff uh, it was just that the attention from the consumer, from a lot of modern investors, really focused on health, wellness, fitness, because we're all going through something similar. And that was something that was front of mind for us. How do we maintain our health, our mental health, our wellness, our fitness? We, you know, the mortality coming into view with COVID, it was like, man, we should probably pay more attention to this. And yeah. we have a really big problem as the, as the United States and, and beyond. Like health and wellness is not great for most people. So um, I think it just shined a light on it and really brought the focus in, but yeah, it's just the beginning in our mind because there's so many cool companies and things that, you know, could start and we see coming up now. And then also thinking back to like Tonal, for example, or ones that you mentioned, Mirror and Whoop, those companies started five, eight, 10 years ago. They're not mm -hmm. new. Uh, they just got the attention that they, I think, deserve. Yeah. I, and it's, I'm sure that um, there's, there's an investment analyst that can translate this from my kind of, um, layman's terms into something that would fit better in an investor memorandum or something like that. But basically digitization, it got tech money. It got, it got sexy. It wasn't like um, in some circles in finance, franchising is a dirty word. Um, you know, people think franchises, so gyms and, and stuff like that, certainly in some investment circles, they wouldn't even look at that as an option. Whereas you had the technology in the digital layer and it's going, it's just attracting different groups of investors that have deeper pockets um, that are prepared to throw some pretty eye-watering sums in big rounds. And, and that's what we've seen. And I mean, just looking at how many connected rowers are on the market is like, and how much they're raising. Um, I think there's probably about four or five companies that come to mind. Like there yeah. will be consolidation. Like there is not enough room in the world for four or five connected rowers um, that are out there. But as you said, it's, it's at that point that, you know, there is still growth there. 
it'll kind of settle itself out and and something like recovery last year like recovery is is the amount of money that's going to recovery and sleep training that's like one area that's that we feel like um we're probably in the first minutes of the game rather than towards the end of the game yeah but it's funny to think about like yes there will be consolidation but put this into perspective total members for peloton 4.4 million actual connected fitness members with a with a bike 1.6 million that's not that many people yeah when you think about how many rowing running hiking nordic track about to go or not Nordic track now it's icon health and now it's ifit but you know ifit going public and um there how many people still haven't used those devices and or participate in fitness or have a gym membership it's still a small portion just of the united states let alone the international so uh, it seems big and you know if you're in the space you're super informed and you see peloton in this company and that company but the average consumer doesn't know tonal doesn't know hydro doesn't know anything so i still think there's mass scale and you actually see some companies like echelon targeting that with being in sam's club and costco and other things and, and even them a couple million members so there's still so much room to grow for a lot of these people but i agree consolidation will come um i think that the kind of also the cool thing about this is how many consumers don't work out at all are completely sedentary and inactive. If there is a way to get them, eventually they'll kind of age up into different trainings and equipment. Think about somebody's health journey from not moving to eventually running a marathon. There's a lot of purchases and spend that comes in that uh, kind of timeline. And I think that's going to come for all of health and fitness eventually, if we can convince people to participate. And that's something as well in the, in the U S that's not unique, but maybe the most extreme example is uh, healthcare costs to uh, employers. So one of the things is that's one of the biggest costs is paying for healthcare for your employees. It doesn't have a, a system of socialized medicine like in the UK and Australia and some other markets. Um, but it's that's a big, big hit to your bottom line is how much you're paying for healthcare. If you can keep your employees healthier and more active, then that can reduce how much you're actually paying for that. So that's kind of the, I guess, the um, where are the driving forces? And that's one of the ones that are, that are coming forwards. And, and you're seeing I mean, to bring back the example of Whoop, um, giving their employees bonuses if they reach their sleep number or their recovery numbers um, each month. Um, for a lot of employees, that's probably a little bit too big brother and invasive and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's definitely opt-in and de-identified and all that kind of stuff. But it does give a window into um, how this can happen in the same way that insurance companies will put a connected device, IoT device in your car and track how you drive. And if you're a safer driver, they will lower your premiums. You know, that's not a crazy leap to say, well, if you are healthier, um, then in your ins insurance premiums will go down. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, look at United partnering with Peloton to offer devices to their members. Like, I couldn't have imagined that five years ago. But uh, it's also, if you think about kind of the trickle-down health side, there have been versions of reimbursements and challenges in, in you know, uh, programs for employees and corporate wellness for forever. It's just, they were so, they were pen and paper. They were weighing yeah. at the office. They were so boring and they didn't make sense and they weren't scalable. So there's still room to grow there as well. Uh, now look at gym pass and peer fit and class pass and corporate and, and every, there's just, and still their, their saturation is, is not that deep. Um, and how much of whether it's corporate wellness or especially thinking like these kind of the blue collar jobs of like construction and other things, are they doing any type of corporate wellness whatsoever at scale? So yeah, again, it's still so early and 
And I think it does make sense, especially with the massive problem in the United States from healthcare costs, as well as just accessibility to information around your personal health. Most people don't understand how or why they feel the way they do or what's going on. Um, so that's another area as well. Yeah, yeah. The the age of the quantified self, like the, the ability to do that yourself, understand your own body and health, and then uh, have that next level, which is insights from that. So rather than just giving you a stream of information and that was something we had um, uh, Tom, uh, I'm going to forget his name, on air, and that's that's very embarrassing. Apologies, Tom Waller. Sorry, mate. Um, Chief scientist of Lululemon. Um, yeah. He was talking about is it when they're assessing technology that they might include, and obviously they um, had the, the half-billion-dollar acquisition um, of Mira. Uh, is, they asked, is it another set of bathroom scales? Like, is this just a high-tech set of bathroom scales? Because we know bathroom scales do not change people's behaviour. Um, if you think about that, that's something that most people have in their homes and they can weigh themselves, and, but, and it tells them information about themselves, how much they weigh. But that one number without context, without uh, kind of direction, without kind of insight or action is meaningless. So you have a lot of tech equivalents, which says this is your heart rate or this is your, you know, whatever oxygenation of your blood um, that if that doesn't give you further information to context and information to action that, then it's a waste of time. Yeah, no, I can. And that's, what I think, as you say, kind of the back to the original conversation around circles overlapping, they all have to kind of connect. There has to be information about your health and health and fitness to inform your health care, your health care to inform your fitness, your fit, you know, your data to inform the coach or doctor that you're having the doctor, hopefully prescribe medication based off. Like there's just so much that it can be interconnected and they're all silent right now and they're starting to overlap, but the true picture, and I think Apple's at the center of this with a lot of the stuff they're trying to do, it's make it very, very easily accessible and, and putting it in kind of the palm of everybody's hand. So out of all those those areas and, and I guess kind of drilling down to really specific niche areas or, or subcategories, what do you what do you think is the most exciting from an investment um, perspective in the next 12 to 24 months? Yeah, it's, it's hard because we're actually building, it's like a startups to watch list for Insider. It's something we're going to be putting out and um, there are, so many categories and sectors, but um, let me actually pull up this list here and, and kind of look through the companies that we're seeing. There's there's a category that we really appreciate, which we call accountability as a service. You know, future fits into that and Wellery and others, but um, where will that go? Because the siloed effect of having a nutrition coach or a fitness coach or a sleep coach or whatever isn't the end picture. There's more to that. So we're looking at where will that go? Um, and, you know, there's a company we just spoke to Maslow about that in Delta trainer and caliber. There's so many kind of going after this. Um, but where will that go? Uh, another thing that we're looking at is actually international, you know, there's a company called flex nest, which is, you know, builds itself as the Peloton of India and groups like that. What will those, as those middle classes elevate and focus on health and fitness, what will those be? Or yeah. there's a company called Fitco. It's, you know, the mind body of kind of Latin America and as gyms in, in these emerging markets scale, how much opportunity is there? Will there be an, another mind body that's valued at 2 billion coming out of these markets? Um, then we look at some of the stuff around uh, the roads and bridges side of it. It's, you know, what is building the infrastructure? So if you think about, there's a company called Framework that's essentially, you know, coaching and in the platform side or the mind body for individual health coaches or, fitness professionals, things like that. 
Um, there's a company called Terra that Next, Next, Next Ventures invested in that is, um, you know, connecting wearable devices and data to a lot of kind of being the backend version of that. So yeah. you can connect devices and, and, and me as a company, I can access the information on different, um, you know, what does your Whoop do? What does your Aura do? Connecting all of them into one place. So um, that's another area that's super exciting to us. Uh, and then one of the last ones, I know I'm kind of rambling through a bunch, but um, is condition specific healthcare. Uh, and consumer version of that. If you have, you know, there's a company we spoke with, Bold Health, uh, recently, at-home testing and treatment around IBS and ulcerative colitis and things like that. It's such a big problem if you have that, but can I go and find the right doctor that's truly going to give me the time and care and effort to help me figure out? And that can impact my overall health and actual health and fitness and healthcare too. So um, these condition-specific things are looking at the MSK space of like, if I have a back pain or an issue here, how can I get that treated? Am I gonna have to go to a doctor and the traditional process, meet in person? Are they gonna recommend, you know, uh, surgery, other things? When are there better ways to treat it and more specialized groups and companies that can help us uh, treat these things that are the basis for me not living a healthy lifestyle because I'm hurting or I'm kind of set back in some way. Yeah. And also getting a consistent ongoing level of care that you can do with digital solutions that you can't do with the in-person thing is I go see a doctor six months later and then maybe a year later, whatever, or checkups, it's going, how do you actually get a baseline um, of high quality care at all times yeah. when, you know, when people need that rather than just um, responding, you know, as I say, prevention is better than a cure. Like it's much better to prevent or to manage whatever health issue it is. Um, and it's much more expensive and difficult and has poor outcomes to then try and cure it or, or fix it or treat it when it actually um, becomes bad enough to have to go see um, healthcare professionals. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the two other areas, one is kind of the meditation, mental health and breathwork side of things, but on a consumer end making, you know, I'm a big fan of actually like Wim Hof method or breathwork, the app and seeing their growth on TikTok for this younger generation and what they've been able to do is so cool. Um, so that area of bringing the other kind of fringe side of health and health and wellness to the mainstream, because it does help with a lot of things, if you can do that. And then we're also looking at kind of this, um, you know, there's sauna, steam, hot and cold treatments, like the Joe Rogan-ish stuff that's popularized um, coming into the mainstream. There's a company a friend of mine runs called Florence and it's a, you know, an at-home sauna that is affordable and modular and controlled with an app versus the one that you have out yeah. there on the market right now that you can buy from Amazon or, you know, the, the hot and cold tubs you can buy or um, some of the more advanced versions of that for kind of at home stuff. So if you've seen the growth in connected fitness, I think that's going to move into all aspects of health and health and wellness. So you can have a lot of those things at your house as well, if you have the money and space. Yeah. Yeah. That brings to mind an Australian company to doing similar things with um, altitude training, which basically you turn your whatever space into a, um, I don't know if hyperbaric chamber is the right word, but whatever it is, basically an altitude training thing and do that through technology and, and make it a lot cheaper than having to, to try and go to a facility or whatever that is. But it's at that outer edge of where people are training or looking or, or or developing that thing. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a very interesting space. Yeah. And then, you know, I could running through a list. I'm only into August of all the companies I'm mentioning that we've spoken to recently. So 
it's a, a ton of opportunity out there. And, you know, there's, if there are a lot of investors or people interested in the space uh, that listen to this, it's, it's now is the time to get in there and start funding these things and participating because the, it's just still so early and a lot of talented people, which is what we're excited about. We actually launched a jobs board for the specific reason. There is talent, you know, someone that was a staff software engineer at Airbnb or worked at Google or Facebook. They're now realizing, Oh, there is a ton of money in health and fitness. And that is something they're passionate about. And now people can actually work at companies that they're truly excited about. It's not like you're taking a pay cut to go work at Whoop anymore or anywhere else. You can have top of the line pay benefits and access and team. So we're going to, I think we're going to see a lot of people, if they're going to spend their time, why wouldn't they spend it on something that they're excited about, that they're passionate about, that truly will have an impact on somebody's health in a positive way. Yeah, definitely. And that's the other side of, um, of these investments in, I mean, whoops, whoop, whoop is the one that comes to mind um, just because it's so recent, but there's the ability for acquisitions. But as you said, hiring as well is they now have the funds to build out those teams. And it's, it's really helps with the maturity of the industry. Um, that it's not just a series of startups. It's actually looking at some more mature companies and you, you get the full, um, I guess, uh, full gambit across the industry. So that helps with the evolution and, and the growth and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, that's really exciting. And I think we're about out of time now. So before we go, I've got a final question to ask you, um, which we ask all our guests, and we've talked about all about fitness, health, uh, and wellness now, but I'm going to come back to sports and say, what is your favorite sporting moment of all time? Oh, um, favorite sporting moment of all time. It's kind of funny. So I'm from Pittsburgh, so you have to be a Steelers fan. Uh, and one that just kind of sticks out to me as a kid, kind of growing up, uh, we would always watch the Steelers games at my grandma's house. And it was when uh, James Harrison took that, uh, I think it was interception back, like 98 yards for the touchdown. And he like just laid on the ground after, uh, cause he was such a big guy. And for him to run that far is insane and how fast he was. And it's just one of the ones that stands out to me. It kind of, when I first think back to it. Yeah. 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 I mean, everyone loves it. Everyone loves a big boy touchdown. That's like <laughs> else. The, the, the moment when they get the ball and they just, my favorite moment is sometimes they just look at it and they're like, what is this thing? You know, that they, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have touched a football in years potentially, you know, and then just, just, just running it back. And, um, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, all Steelers based, but that him running back and especially it was like, he was cut by a bunch of different teams. And then he finally got to the Steelers and was a starter and was like this massive impact player. And then I think it was in either the Super Bowl or one of the games right before the Super Bowl, this happened as well. So it was a truly important, memorable thing. So definitely has to kind of think back to that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for your time today, Anthony. It's, um, it's, it's a really interesting area. It's, it's one that um, within sports tech, it's, it's just the growth that you see across all these areas. As we said at the beginning, you know, it's, it's just, there's no point trying to put it in a box because that's really just Josie not thinking about it in the right way. But it's really cool to see and, and um, looking forward to seeing your growth as, as an investor in the space as well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And, and I, I agree too. And I really hope that a lot of the people that participate on the sports tech side, because there's so much money in it, um, would love to have them move over to the health and wellness and optimization and fitness side as well. So hopefully that happens someday. There you have it. That was Anthony Venere, co-founder of Fit Insider. Really interesting space. Um, I like to kind of bring in those, I guess, outside but adjacent perspectives um, that Anthony can definitely bring to talk about such a 
such a massive growth area. Uh, and really, as we talk about sports and sports technology, we really do remember that the applications within sports may start in sports, but then as they cross over in, into other industry verticals, that's really where the magic happens in terms of uh, the impact they have, uh, I guess the valuation if you're talking about startups, and then the returns if you were talking about investment. Until next time, I've been your host, Thomas Loams. Thank you for joining us once again on Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Ah!